Good day, and welcome to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, putting the P in professionally managed vacation rentals. This is the Vacation Rental Management Professionals Podcast, coming to you from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I'm Sarah Bradford from Winter Park and Steamboat Springs. And I'm Tim Cafferty from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and Sandbridge, Virginia. Together, we bring you the first podcast focused solely on professionally managed vacation rentals across the nation, or as we like to call it, Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. In the next 30 minutes, we hope you'll join us on our journey as we dive into issues affecting folks like us, the professional vacation rental manager, allowing you to run your business more effectively, make more money, And most importantly, have fun doing it. Welcome back. We are back and better than ever. Thanks for joining us today on a podcast that's intended for professional vacation rental managers. Now, the last time around, we spoke about 10 reasons you can be confident owners need you. Remember, I'm Tim. And I'm Sarah. Sarah, we got a lot of great comments from our last podcast. We appreciate the people pumping us up and giving us that positive reinforcement. And many of the comments we heard last time around surrounded our not-so-hot-off-the-press segment where we talk about our news item of the week, and we talked about HomeAway and changes that have been occurring there, and some really dramatic developments that have taken place over the last few weeks, I'll say. Well, that led us to our subject today, and that's the whole idea of OTAs or online travel agencies. Whether you use them exclusively to drive bookings, or you don't use them at all, or you work with some sort of a combination of the two, it's a subject that impacts all vacation rental managers, and we are tackling it head-on today. So episode title today is Four Strategies to Fend Off off OTA dependence. So Sarah, you and I talk a lot and we've outlined in previous episodes how similar we are. We have twin children, we have two companies in various locations, et cetera, et cetera. But this is an area we are not so similar on. I would rate my independence on OTAs or, or dependence on OTAs as very small, almost non-existent. Whereas you have a stronger dependence, right? Yes. And surprisingly, Tim, Dependent as many are, which I've come to find out from talking to other vacation rental companies around the country, we would put ourselves around 30 to 40% depending on the month. Although OTAs are getting more and more popular, so we're watching the percentage go up, which is concerning and therefore important for all of us, including me, to listen to these four ideas and strategies to get Make sure you're working towards independence versus dependence. So it probably would be good to make sure we're clear on where we are. You just kind of said where you are with the 30s. I am very much the other end. In fairness, I've been doing this now for 12 years, so the the landscape is a little different back then. In 2005, for instance, I remember meeting two guys that had this company called Trip Homes, and they're the same two guys who ultimately grew into VRBO and HomeAway. But their whole thing was, hey, we have this listing site. And you put your listings on our site, and we will send you leads of people who see it on our site, and we'll give you the information, and then we'll charge you. We'll charge you, well, I can remember, it was $7 for an email, and we'll also give a toll-free number. And if they if they give you a phone call, well, that's a better lead. So we're going to charge you $10 for a phone call lead. And 
I thought that was a pretty good deal because I felt like I was in control of the lead at that time. And so we did do that, but we took it very seriously. And even to this day, a telephone call is a golden lead for us. Our closing rate is off the chart on a phone call. Our email stuff is, is good, but it's better when I'm in control. And so that was our strategy from the start. And so we actually have, if I had to put a percentage on it, it's definitely single digits. I would say somewhere in the neighborhood of 7% of our total bookings come from OTAs. And uh, last month we had four. We had four bookings from OTAs. We had about 500 bookings last month. So just to put it in So Tim, yeah, you don't realize, but everybody out there listening has their jaw dropped. That is very rare. And I'm so impressed. And that's why I wanted to talk with Tim about this topic of how did, how did, not only did you stay, how did you start out not using them, but how did you keep your independence? My approach, as I've told on other podcasts, was I was a private owner. So my only way to even get out there was VRBO. In fact, VRBO let me leave the company that wasn't doing a good job for me in Winter Park. And so when you're starting out and you are brand new and you have no SEO and you barely have a website, I get it why you have to use OTAs. But it's not okay in my view to stay that way and to just be dependent because they are now controlling your business and that's not where you want to be. I'm not saying they're, you know, obviously I'm at 30 some percent. They, they bring in leads for me, but the strategies we're going to talk about today help you keep, make those leads bookings and keep those guests coming back to you, not going back to VRO. So let's get to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's worthy of mentioning it. in our news segment last time, we talked about the whole masking of emails and whatever. And uh, let me just say from my standpoint, I think I see Sarah too. We are not bashing HomeAway or Airbnb or FlipKey or whoever you use out there. They are all perfectly legitimate businesses, and they are operated honorably. And if that's the choice you make, great. It's just not what we choose to do, or, or we don't want that dependence, if you will. And so, again, not talking down to anyone that uses them or, or what have you, but it is important that we understand what we're talking about here. Like I said, 10, 12 years ago, we were getting names and emails and phone numbers and whatever. We don't get that from the third-party companies anymore, so it's really important that if you are using those people, that you do a good job of grabbing them after the fact, and that's something... I don't know quite frankly where we are on the four strategies, but one of them I remember you talked about with me specifically was once I got that person in my house, I never want to pay home away again. Absolutely. So I'll I'll move into the first strategy so that you know where we are. Let's start with the first one, which is you have enough non-OTA. So when we say OTA, again, we mean VRBO, Airbnb, all the ones coming and going. Do you have enough non-OTA tactics to generate the majority or all of your leads and then a high conversion rate? So this is something you need to look at at your company. I have to admit, until this year, I was not running reports and watching this monthly. I didn't honestly know how dependent I was. So you need to first identify your, in, your dependence or independence as Tim and I have done. And this means you're going to have to invest in your marketing department. We have 150 homes on our program in Winter Park, 10 lovely and wonderful ones here in Steamboat, and we have two dedicated marketing staffers plus hiring a third 
uh, soon. This might seem excessive, but it pays off big. I mean, you got to make sure you're investing in the SEO of your website. That's search engine optimization. We can do another podcast on that. Retargeting on Facebook and in AdWords. And here's where you might want to pull over. And here's a tip. If you're using OTA a lot or even a little, all of the emails you're getting now as leads, if they don't book, you know, they send you an email, but you don't see their actual email. You see crazy letters and numbers as this masked email from VRB, from Airbnb. You are able to download all of those from your system, we would hope, we can in our system, and put them into Facebook or AdWords, and you can retarget to those users that way even though you don't know who they are and we're doing that with great success and then email marketing can't emphasize that one enough um, and I would like to actually hand it over to Tim for that topic on email marketing you gotta have these tactics to make sure you're generating leads directly to you versus getting them all through OTA. So, Tim, talk a little bit about email marketing how that's changed your business. Yep, I sure will and I will just say as well that we have a lot of sayings around here. One of them is you can, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And the other is what gets measured gets treasured. And that's back to what you were just saying. You absolutely have to know your numbers. Whatever business you're in, whether it's vacation rentals or the, the chairman of some high corporation, you have to know where you're making money and where you're not making money. And so I, I'd encourage you, again, as Sarah said, to, to know what's happening. We do all of what she just said. Social media has been surprising with me. We have a bunch of those really attractive, young, smart kids that are in our marketing department. They really piss me off. They're so smart, you know, these days. <laughs> you know, but we call them online marketing specialists. And, you know, they are excellent at this stuff. And I never thought we would get leads from Facebook. It happens every day. And email... I don't know about you, you get 60, 70, 80 a day. Most of the time you hit the delete. But to be able to target lists and know that this person stayed with you the second week of June for the last three years, but they haven't made their booking yet. And to be able to send an email to that person with some information that targets some of their preferences from previous years, boy, that's just so good. And we went to a new email program recently, and it's been excellent. And we are actually able with the email program to test and see which emails are most effective. I think they call it A-B testing in the industry. You send the email with substantially the same content that looks different. You see what kind of open rates you have. You see which is more successful, and you go with the best. And our email marketing success has shot through the roof over the last two years specifically. It also is related directly to more website traffic, and our website traffic is up, which is unusual where we are in the lifespan of websites. About every two years or so, they say you need to reinvent yourself. The website's more than two years old, and yet our traffic continues to rise. And so email marketing critical, but all this stuff is important. I agree, Tim. And I just think you just came up with the next podcast possibly is email marketing. There's a lot to talk about there mm -hmm. that we definitely could cover in our 30 minute segment. So let's go to number two of our top four strategies to have OTA independence. And that would be, okay, so you don't have enough non OTA tactics yet. What do you do? then you're going to want to try to get OTA leads to book on your site. And this is where I'm going to be a little careful because there might be some um, our friends there in the OTA world listening. So I'm going to give you some ideas. 
The basic answer is to brand all you can on the OTA, OTA listing. And the RPO, surprisingly, still lets you publish your logo on every listing. Make sure you're doing that and it's very clear and easy to read. You're also allowed to put about your company in a blurb on every listing. Until they take that away, make sure you're using it. Airbnb, they let you post a 30-second video about your company. So we're currently creating this fun video about us. It's going to be branded like heck. And, you know, then people know where you are and they, they might find your website. Um, we can't believe they, they're letting us do this, but they are. So brand all you can. And then I do want to share that you need to be careful about this too. We have heard a story recently about another company that was no longer, obviously, like the rest of us, allowed to see emails anymore in VRBO and not allowed to call the guest. But they were doing some pretty overt things to say to the guest they should find them on the web and how to find them and code words and coding ways of saying what their phone number was. And VRBO apparently gave them a warning about that. So they're watching. So you know. Kind of creepy, but they are. And they didn't heed the warning. They didn't respond in three days the way they were supposed to. And the way we're hearing this story is VRBO cut off all of their listings. Now, to Tim, he doesn't that that doesn't create a shudder through his body. Through to me, you know, like I said, I'm 30 to 40 percent reliant on some of these sites. So if they shut down all our listings, that would be bad for me short term. Maybe it would be the jolt I need, but it would be bad. So be careful that you're not doing something that VRBO or Airbnb is not allowing you to do. Do the things they allow you to do. One other idea is if you have homes like Tim does or I have, any way that you can name the properties and then make sure those names are on your website, you're allowed to put the name like Pelican Reef, you know, Pel you know whatever it's called. We might have Snowblaze Home or whatever might name it. Make sure that is in the listing. And then a lot of times guests will, they're getting savvy. They're understanding these fees are not what they need to need to pay if they book direct. So they will find the name of your property online. Um, and then if you ever get reviews, it's great to encourage guests to mention your name in the reviews. I know that's a little overt, but VRBO will not remove the name of your company in a review on the, on the listing. Good stuff, and I, I would say a caveat. I'm listening here with uh, great interest, although it doesn't affect me very much. I would think you better do this while they'll still allow it because I know for my part, even with the just few listings we've had on there, I got my hand slapped for watermarks on pictures, you know, which is our standard. Oh, yeah. So they, they do look. That's the bottom line, and you know, we got a little uh, warning shot as well. You cannot post the picture with a watermark on there. So they're going to get savvy about this stuff. These guys are not fools. The CEO of Expedia just left recently, went to Uber. I mean, we're talking about very high-powered mental capacity with these people who run these companies. They know this stuff. And so if you're not moving towards getting away from OTA dependence now, just be prepared because you will be completely dependent on it later because they're going to ensure that you won't have these little fissures or cracks or whatever. So uh, good on you. That's good guerrilla marketing tactics there, Sarah. I mean, you mentioned crack because we like to say get off the crack. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's go to number three. If you're on an OTA site, 
then I strongly, we strongly encourage you to create a book direct for lowest rate campaign. This is something you can't just say you're going to do or tell everybody, make sure you tell people to say book direct. Sit down with your key folks at your company and come up with what is our campaign to get to get guests to book direct. And the ways you can do this, you could think of other ways and please share them on our Facebook page and let us know. But think about every touch point during, after the stay. Make sure those OTA bookers know they would have paid less if they had directly with you. So a couple of the ways we're doing it is we're putting it on the checkout call just to the OTA bookers. So you don't tell a non-VRBO booker, hey, if you booked on VRBO, I mean, don't advertise for VRBO. But if you can see, hopefully in your system where they booked, you would say, thanks so much for staying with us. When you come back, you get 15% off your stay and make sure you book direct because remember with VRBO or other listing sites, you pay an additional fee. We're considering putting them on our welcoming gifts that just Welcome to Winter Park. We have this whole welcome gift we can talk about later, but always put book direct for the lowest rate. All emails we send to guests always say book direct for the lowest rate. We put it in all the e-blasts. So of our 20,000 guests, the previous guests and leads that we e-blast, as Tim was talking about, we always put book direct for the lowest rate. Get the word book direct out there. A lot of uh, potential guests don't understand they're paying four to seven percent extra by booking on these OTA sites. That's what I was just going to say. Now, you're not talking about having to change a rate structure in doing that, and that's the beauty of this. The book direct for lowest rate sort of infers that you're discounting, but you're not. You're just saving them the cost of the fees that they may have changed, they may have been charged by the OTA, right? Great point. Yes, this doesn't hurt your bottom line or the owners. You're just charging what you always charge, but you're saying, but when you go to our website, it's always going to be less than the OTA sites. And that's what's different, I believe, than the how the hotels had to fight off OTAs mm-hmm. because OTAs for hotels often were slashing rates, whereas with VRBO, they're actually increasing the rate to the guest. Well, that kind of leads us to point number four, and that's don't let them return to an OTA. Create the loyal guests. And that's, I think, what I was alluding to a while back where you've actually had situations like this where people have booked through OTAs, stayed with you, and they figured it out, right? Yes, and that's the age-old question. Are OTAs creating incremental bookings for you, or are they just getting them anyway? And, Tim, I was just speaking with you about the ones that you do have VRBO listings for, are you seeing them getting a lot more revenue and you said they're not. So Tim's Tim's answer to that, I think, would be that it doesn't get you much more revenue to have the listings, at least in his position. But I, I was so happy to look at some of our data and see a guest booked from somewhere in the Middle East, which is very rare for Winter Park and even Steamboat. And then we saw six months late, they booked through VRBO. And then we saw six months later, they booked again with us and they book directly with us. And that is the goal. You need to have a 100% goal of if they book on, you know, one time they book on the OTA with you, fine. But the second time, they need to book direct with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
that branding thing, you just, I can't say it enough. I'm Mr. Branding. I'm wearing my name tag right now, even though I'm in an office by myself, whether it's my car, the building, you walk into any of my properties. The latest thing we have is flags out on the porches now with our logo on them. Make sure, they may not remember exactly what your name of the company is, but they may remember something about it enough to remember who you are. Back to that point as well, I think I had a discussion with my marketing manager a couple of days ago about that whole creating loyal guests and are the OTAs bringing new demand? And what we came up with was what they're doing is spreading the demand. It's no new people. The people just have more choices and more ways to come to you. So you have absolute control over the people in your your houses in terms of sharing your message on your terms. And so make it easy. Create business cards with your company name on there that says book, direct, and save whether it's a, a notepad, pen, magnet on the refrigerator, just make it very hard for them to forget who they stayed with. And Tim, something about that to add on is, yes, you got a brand like crazy, and your brand better be a good brand. Mm-hmm. So when they see your name, they better feel good. So this can't just happen naturally. One of the conferences I send my staff to and I've been to is the John DeJulius uh, Secret Service Summit. We have a customer service, customer experience plan. What is your plan about guest, getting guests to love you? That is, that is the goal. And again, that does not happen naturally. All your employees don't necessarily know how to make that happen. So create uh, an organized plan that is measurable, as Tim is always saying, that you can see, are you really creating loyal guests? And that will, that's your best way, honestly, to fight OTAs. Well, it seems like you have done it again, ma'am. You have led us right into our weekly segment we refer to as our <laughs> not-so-hot-off-the-press, but definitely happening uh, look at news in the industry. And today the issue is upcoming educational opportunities. And this is just something I cannot speak strongly enough about. For those of out there listening, you need to resharpen the saw, and this is the time of year to do it. You have some conferences planned for yourself, I know. Uh, Sarah, talk to me about this whole education idea. Yes, so I think... I think I've both said that educate, these educational conferences and events have morphed over time for us in the benefits. When we were new to the industry, well, you were never new to the industry, but I was. And I would go and it was like drinking from the fire hose. I couldn't take enough notes. It helped my business so much to get all these ideas from others. And now when I go, yes, I'm still getting new ideas, but now I have friends and colleagues and I'm networking there. And just the time to get to spend with others who have ideas and are you know, incredible at what they do in this industry is worth the plane ticket, the hotel and the conference fee. So we take our staff so that we can speak the same language. And Tim, you have the greatest thing that I love about what you tell your staff they have to come home with. And what is that? Yes. Well, a couple of things on that. One is, I don't know about you, but we have you know, the company credit cards going around whenever we make purchases on behalf of homeowners or whatever. We always put it on a card that can uh, gather travel points. And so these conferences can be less of an impact for you if you cash in your points. And you can get the airfare basically on points or a uh, hotel fare or whatever. But with the people I take the conferences know they have a responsibility. First of all, they have to write a paper, <laughs> which I don't know if that's the most 
most treasured thing about going to the conference, but I want them to write down takeaways that they're going to put into play when they come back home. And the overriding issue or point is they need to come up with at least one idea that's going to pay for their trip. And invariably, it has happened. Many times, it's five, six, seven ideas. They come back on fire. So many times, they come back with a, a greater self-esteem, too. We talked about that in episode one, about how sometimes we get beat down. I will take employees to these conferences and go, wow, I heard these people talking about this idea. And we've been doing that for three years. Man, I felt like I was the boss of the room or whatever. And so they feel better about who they're employed by by going around these conferences. But it's easy to pick up an idea to pay for a thousand dollar trip or whatever. I know it's easy for me to say if somebody's out there listening to the podcast that's wondering about how they're going to make their next payroll, but I'm telling you, it's important. Do it. Whether it be the vacation rental housekeeping professionals who's going to be in Gatlinburg with VRM Intel or VRMA, it's going to be in Orlando or ResFest in Las Vegas or Streamline or uh, Live Res or Barefoot Technologies or any of those companies that are putting on conferences in the fall, I assure you, you'll get more out of it than you put into it. Tim, three things on that. One, we use the points as well, and I just covered that with my accountant. That is completely okay tax-wise to do since you're using it for business purposes, so you're clear there. And I I forgot about that point that our staff get so jazzed to see how advanced we are sometimes mm-hmm. when they see how others are managing their their world or that these ideas they're presenting, we're already doing. It really invigorates them. Employees, staff, they love to be, go to these conferences. They, of course, we're investing in them. They don't get to do this all the time like maybe we do. So it can be a real team building activity too. We always stay in a vacation rental. That's a big thing with me. We try not to stay in the hotel and then we bond that whole time. It's like going on a retreat. But another idea too is besides VRMA and other vacation rental focused conferences, like I said, we now go to the Secret Service Summit. I think it's great to go to customer service training and training outside of your industry sometimes because you learn from people that are not just talking about vacation rentals and it can spark ideas you don't always get when you're with folks that are in your same industry. That's a great point. My secret uh, weapon over the last four years has been the Inc. Conference, Inc. Magazine, INC period. Unbelievable, off the charts, best speakers you have ever seen, one right after another. Went last year in San Antonio. I saw... Robert Herchevik from the Shark Tank. I saw Tony Robbins. I saw an astronaut. I mean, it was just unbelievably motivating. So this is the educational time of year. Get out there and get educated. So that will do it for Episode 3. Four strategies to fend off OTA dependence. I should say, not that that's a bad thing. <laughs> you know, If you want it, that's fine. But we did give you four strategies. One strategy I have here is have enough non-OTA tactics to generate your leads and then have a high conversion rate. Number two, okay, so you don't have enough non-OTA tactics yet. Come up with ways that you can brand yourself to your guests. Number three, the whole idea of branding. If you are on OTA sites, then get a book direct for lowest rate campaign going at your company and shove it down everybody's throat. And number four, I would say, is the number one in my list, and that is don't let them return to an OTA. Create a 
thoughtful strategy with your entire team bought in about how you're going to get that guest to book with you next time and with you directly. And that needs to have many components that they know to come back to you and they want to come back to you. Okay. We hope everybody out there got some takeaways. Please visit us on our website, www.c2skiwithsarahnt.com, or on our Facebook page. Give us comments about this episode or make some suggestions for future shows. And join us next time when we give you VRMA Live. We will be podcasting from the upcoming VRMA conference in Orlando, Florida. We are scheduled to do our podcast on the Tuesday afternoon of that conference. We hope everybody comes by and becomes a part of our podcast. We look forward to seeing you there, but we will definitely be back here again soon. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Tim. Have a good one. So long, everybody.